this is my name is Mario and I'm your host Pietro Faccio. I'm happy, very very happy to bring this story to you, the story of Hind Tovka, a Nordic game EMEA representative who is involved also with women in games. But obviously, the, the, the beautiful part of all this interview was her story, a story of redemption, a story in which video games has saved a life. From her upbringing in Morocco and Libya, she managed to escape from that, escape from that sort of culture and coming up on top. And now she's super happy living in Sweden, but she hasn't forgotten where she comes from. So please listen to this. And tell me if this was not probably the most beautiful story that you heard in the video game industry. Here it goes. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm finally here with, with Hint. Uh, I already put on uh, there on LinkedIn a few hints about meeting with him. Sorry for the, you know, the, 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 the problem with the words. But uh, I'm finally here in Stockholm. I managed to arrive and I want to welcome him. So him, Tovka, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here today with you and to speak about this uh, amazing story that you were you were so excited to, to hear from me personally. So yeah. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, and I am, I am super excited. Uh, honestly, I, uh, I already mentioned to you, put, put something on LinkedIn or some other social media uh, about the stories, uh, the way... Uh, so the, the, the truth is that I did not know about you until a month and a half ago when I first wrote to you. And uh, so I, I, didn't, I didn't know you, I didn't know what you were doing, I didn't know your story. But then someone, like a good friend of mine uh, that uh, works, and I was working in Poland, now I, now I moved back to Italy, she's Italian, she mentioned that uh, I, should definitely, I should definitely contact you, I should definitely listen to your story. And then I thought, okay, just tell me something about her. You know, like, um, she said that she, she, uh, she watched you uh, live on, on some presentation because you also got to, you also present your story in, yes. uh, at yeah. events, right? Yeah, it was in Amsterdam last summer. And uh, I think she was one of the audience. And uh, a lot of people heard the story and, and liked it and they encouraged me to speak more about it. And they said a lot of people need to hear this you know, the effect of, about the effect of games uh, on our culture and on people. And uh, that's how I started, like, trying to expand and trying to make the story heard as much as possible after hearing this encouragement from the audience. Okay. And of course, your friend. So, okay. But that was your first time or uh, or uh, was, like, already... Well, it, uh, it, not, it wasn't really the first time. It was the first time outside of Sweden. Uh, but before that, it was in Malmö in the Nordic Games, and then before that was in the north of Sweden because uh, it started like a lot of people heard about um, from the pandemics that gaming and in, in the game industry boomed, and uh, a lot of people were like interested to hear uh, about games, more about games, like uh, since some statistics showed that uh, music and film industry. Uh, didn't make that much money like the game industry, uh, the game industry during the uh, yeah. pandemic, yeah. and everybody wanted. Okay, what is games? Well, we want to meet people working with games, especially when they hear there's a woman working with games and coming from the Middle East. Uh, a lot of people wanted to hear my story. How come 
uh, when did you start, how come you chose this path, and so on. Yes. So that's what the start was there in the okay, north, okay. in the north, uh, in my city where I live in Sundsvall. In Sundsvall, yes. which, which is east, west. It's in the middle of Sweden. It's the middle yeah. of Sweden. By the coast, yes. Yeah. Is yeah. that a nice place? Yes, it is. It is very nice. It's, the nature is amazing. Uh, very quiet little city. Uh, yeah, it's a good place to live. If you want a quiet life, it's the perfect place to live. That's that's where that's what I'm aiming at, but probably <laughs> probably not in a very you know recent future like in the but you know still need to work in a in a city. But I think at some point, mm, yeah. Well, if you work remotely, because for me I work remotely and I've also studied remotely, it's never been a problem actually, because you could like uh, travel uh, so easy from from my city. To, uh, to to Stockholm, you can catch a flight. You can, there's also an airport in there, so uh, ah, okay. so it's easy for me to to travel around. I've never found that as an issue. I work remotely, and if I need to be in a conference or have a meeting somewhere, I just travel so easily from there. We have right, a fast train, so okay. <laughs> yeah, well, fast trains especially <laughs> they're they're quite good <laughs> here in Sweden. Yeah, and especially my hack is usually I take the night train. Then I wake up in the morning somewhere else. It's usually night train, ah. and then I take the early flight, and yeah. That's a business life hack, <laughs> definitely. Thank, thank you for thank you for that. We're gonna try to use it, but let, let's let's do uh, like a step back. First of all, so we already heard something uh, about her. Of course, either you either you know her or she just mentioned a few things. She's from the Middle East, but let's first say. Uh, that we would like to, to, to thank also the, the owner of this restaurant here in Stockholm. Uh, we were looking for a place and is a, I think, I guess, is a, is a friend of yours? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Well, the name of the restaurant, I need to ask you because, I, you know, <laughs> it's, like, it's not that easy. Well, uh, I reached out to my friend Martin, the owner of the, of the restaurant, and I said I'm looking for uh, tips for a place to, uh, to record. And uh, he was just like very welcoming and he was like, yeah, how about uh, filming in my place? And I felt like that's amazing because I cannot invite you right now to the north to see where I live. And this is a little mini okay. north uh, feeling, you know, okay. it's like sitting in a cabin in, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. in the north. It has this like traditional Swedish feeling because Stockholm is a nice city. But if you really want to see Sweden, the real Sweden, you have to go up travel up north. Like, like always, right? Like in yeah. every country. Yeah. 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 Okay, and the name of the restaurant, do you want us to say? Knut. 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 <laughs> I think it's an, a name of a person. Uh, and uh, I think this name is uh, Nordic and even German, uh, from what I have heard. Yeah. So, and, and a person name. And I, I'm, I think it's the name of the grandfather of the owner of the cafe. Okay. The, of oh. the restaurant. Yeah. But it's, yeah. So, okay. no, you know. <laughs> oh, okay, so thank you, thank you, owner. Thank you, also grandfather of the of the owner of Knut. <laughs> I hope I say it properly. Yeah. Let's begin. Uh, let's begin because I I uh, I find your story incredible. Mm -hmm. um, in in many ways, I relate. Um, so what I understood. So let's go step by step. Let's start from. A, let's try to have a timeline. From you were born in Morocco, yes. right? Yes. And then you moved to Libya. Yes, I was, I think, between five and six. Uh, my parents moved to Libya for work. 
and um, yeah, I grew up in Libya. I started school in Libya, so in terms of like Moroccan culture, I'm not very familiar with my own, <laughs> my own okay. like uh, yeah. So I grew up in Libya until the war, and uh, Libya is quite different than Morocco because of uh, the culture. Uh, many people know Gaddafi and know that uh, how the government and everything was there. It was like quite limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to go into the politics, but it's uh, as a culture, <laughs> it's uh, it's very limited in way in in terms of media. Uh, we didn't have like cinemas, for example. There was like uh, no. Uh, I don't remember. I've seen any. Um, uh, libraries or open libraries, like all the media and everything we we got to learn was controlled by the by the, by government. the government. Exactly. So uh, and add upon that being a female, uh, uh, you know, a <laughs> female in certain culture, um, it was kind of like very limited until games came into my my life, and that was uh, I think I was around seven. And all of us uh, gamers now in my in my uh, I would say in my generation, yeah, seven years ago I'm I'm 37 now, so this is like 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all started with uh, I think Atari and Sega, you know, and then upgraded to PlayStation One. And so I had I had the privilege uh, coming from um, from uh, I would say middle class. Um, family I had the privilege to to own these kind of like games because some people this is also one of the stuff that people yeah. would be, but you grew up in the Middle East and North Africa I would say okay how popular was games back then uh, for me as I said I was lucky that my father was um, was a good provider in comes to when it comes to creativity so I had I had my hands on uh, on these games and I actually go back going back to the culture in particular religions or particular cultures the girls has to be inside indoor and boys could go out and play you know and you could play football you could do all kind of things. do everything all, all kind of like yeah yeah. Uh, yeah physical activities for me it was more like um, domestic domestic ta- tasks and, and stuff like that that I should learn as a girl from what the culture is expecting for me to be mm. in the future except when games came in so I found myself playing these games with uh, I could play like golf uh, I could play, uh, you know, shooting. I could play uh, tennis. I could play billiard and all these kind of games through a little screen. You know, this '90s TV, how 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 they were. <laughs> so I had this like little portal to the world, to all the activities I could do visually. So my my body maybe didn't move that much, but my brain was experienced in these these these, uh, these activities. So yeah. So it started there in the '90s and. Um, as I mentioned, the, since the culture had its barriers, um, for me, I learned, like, during those years, I learned English. I, th- I think I, I recall having better English than my own teacher, and I was, like, correcting her <laughs> during classes. And sometimes she also, like, asked me, and she assumed that I had um, a relative or something from the U.S. or from, from England. Okay. And I couldn't say that it was the games, you know, because... Uh, or, or she assumed also that I was traveling a lot, but through my screen I was actually traveling. So I remember playing these games where you could, uh, if you remember Street Fighter, you could play. If you <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, yeah, I'm glad we're we're close in generation that I could speak about this. So, so uh, each match you could be 
like Japan and you could be in the US and you could be in India and Thailand and for me it would be like oh this is how they're dressed in Thailand oh this is how they are in Vietnam and you know so for me it was like this portal because I couldn't see these things in TV or or in magazines or whatever but I had had access to to this to the world through this little portal of, of, of gaming and uh, yeah so it helped me gaming helped me with geography helped me with language helped me with navigating like learning how to be strategic in thinking and uh, having fast reactions i remember my shooting and all that you know all those games that it doesn't have to be violent shooting there was also this uh, i don't know what they called where they throw stuff and you have to shoot it and some, ah, uh, you mean like the, the proper like ah yeah, yes yeah, I also those, I also yeah, yeah I understand let's yeah. sport it throw it and boom exactly and, and I, I, it. Yeah. yeah and I remember I was very good at that too so um, and yeah so for me games was uh, also when it comes to psychology uh, I felt like I had I was I grew up in Libya as a, uh, as an immigrant because I was from Morocco. And in school, I remember in the first years, I, I, I didn't speak like the locals. So as soon as I spoke differently, like I could be like bullied in school and I had like right. some challenges between other kids. And I was also different because of the gaming. My character was different because I felt like other kids were more, uh, I don't know, I, I, would, I would not say, I, the only word I could use is that I was more nerd. Nerdy, okay. nerdy, 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 and a geek than everybody else because I, maybe only the kids who who played games were a little bit like me, but most of them were men. Uh, boys, sorry, maybe. So uh, yeah, so I had this kind of different mentality, and I noticed that earlier, and this became quite a challenge, you know, being different uh, in, in in your surroundings. Uh, so the only place where I could feel myself and be related to and uh, feel like I could experience stuff that I couldn't experience outside being... Okay. Imagine like all summer holiday you're in- indoors, all the weekends. and So I had this like little bubble that I was living in and uh, being bullied and having challenges at home by, by my parents being separated anyway. So the only confident boost, boost I remember was through the games because every time I felt this, you win and you're great and you know all that. I haven't heard this thing quite a lot being always the bullied kid and the challenging child, yeah. Yeah. you know. So uh, I was always like, I was kind of like yeah, a little bit more wild as a kid. So I've always heard like, uh, Keep it down. Don't move a lot. Don't do this. Don't do that. And and in the games, I could do everything. I could clatter. Uh, uh, I could. Uh, now I'm using other Swedish words. <laughs> I could. I could jump and I could like kick and I could shoot people and uh, or shoot shoot stuff. Anyway, but so I had. I, it was like my my expression of okay. my anger and okay. my you know my frustration. But one question I had for you is because you said you know middle class, and then you said video games. Mm. But why did that? happen that so why your father differently than any other father would put in front of you a video game and say like here play a video game (laughs) right why why is that well i yeah i have to go back to this character thing that i have i'm I'm, i was like kind of more boyish in my character Uh and uh, maybe my father found that very intimidating so the only good way for him to keep me down and keep me calm and not going outside and causing trouble or whatever so it was just give her the games she need give her everything keep her mind stimulated (laughs) 
and just to keep her calm and keep her down because otherwise I was very like a little troublemaker and I was questioning a lot and you know. And maybe also the surrounding yeah, was the surround better to keep you inside and calm exactly. rather than going outside and do it, exactly. right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, okay. So yeah, so this is this is because of this thing that I'm not you're not fitting in socially. Like my, my mentality, how I was as a kid, I didn't fit in a lot. And maybe that was a good solution for them to just keep me busy playing and at the same time I think at that time they didn't know how how good games was for me as a, as a child they just wanted they just saw the part of it that I was busy playing and that's it okay. but later on my father found out that it was actually beneficial uh, okay. and, and that's when I I, I, I came into medical school and uh, I was one of the few females that changed from medical to tech so I went to, uh, in that time it was called Visual Basic, Microsoft Visual Basic. So I changed and uh, a lot of people found that. So you're still in, still in, in, uh, in, in Libya? In Libya. Yes. Still in Libya. Yes, okay, that's, so you're already, we're talking about like university in Libya. Exactly. Okay, just to give it like a little bit yeah. of a yeah. time frame so we understand exactly. it. And, and part of me changing, because everyone wanted to go to medical school, as, as soon as you got the grades, everyone went there. You know, every mm. everybody wanted their kids to be a doctor or, you know. So, uh, no question, if you had good grades, you'd go directly to, to medical school or oh. engineering. Okay. So, uh, when, when, when computer science was new, not a lot of people took the risk to, to go in and something totally new, computers and all that. So, I had the privilege to, uh, it, it was actually challenging for me to get there because my father had to be convinced. But since I was good at gaming and all that, and uh, yeah, it was my portal also that I was, I felt like I could do better navigating with machines than navigating people in hospitals. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I couldn't see myself as a doctor, to be honest. Okay. So, but yeah. you knew it before and you stayed in school just because you had to at some point you change or you just, you, right? You knew, you knew it before I, you I wanted to. I felt it. I, I felt like computers was my home. Uh, machines, computers. I was actually good at uh, machines too. Like if, if the TV, something happened, anything technical. You, you were, I was you, the one that everyone was You were the fuck talking. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. Okay. So, so I felt like I was the machine person, <laughs> or the yeah, the computer we say now. Okay. So here, uh, if I understand correctly, we have Morocco. You moved to 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 Libya. Uh, you are introduced to video game because you were like a hothead and you know doing things. <laughs> so they need to keep you quiet. They give you video games. You like video games. You play video games. Then from this point, you're seven until you are now you are 20 something because you are at the university you change in university yes and then you talk and at this point you are finally in the video game what, what was engineering yeah well, well the thing is good that you brought this part because uh, after the, the education i realized that this was an industry where they only accepted men and only mm. qualifications that came from the west so instead of hi hiring uh, an IT or technical or you know person, they would rather have bring someone from the states or from Canada or so there was a slight chance for for a female to be taking these kind of jobs, tech, technical jobs. So I, I saw it like a, it was a dead end there. So I, I was lucky that my English was good and my computer skills was good. Like at that time I could work with uh, you know. Um, Microsoft Office and all that stuff. Huh. Uh, yeah, so I, I got yeah. a job immediately and I was working with administration and uh, I was a 
personal assistant in a, in a, in a British company, uh, general manager's uh, personal assistant. And uh, I worked also in hotels, and English was a way for me to get into, because not a lot of females had very good English skills in Libya. Yeah. And especially with my um, background that I had freedom to work and so on. So, um, so it was a dead end for me to work with tech as a female in a, in a Middle Eastern and uh, North African country. And uh, after that, that's when, when the war happened. Like in okay, the, 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 the Arab Spring it, yeah, War, right? It, it, it exactly. Correct? Yeah. That, that was the, the turning point in my life because from, from living in a closed environment, in a closed uh, life, as I mentioned, like everything was limited for a female, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden the, the war came. I don't want to go into the details of the war, mm -hmm. but I found myself outside of the country having no home, no family around me, and I had to survive. And okay. imagine being this person who is closed in a, let's say, very isolated culturally to being outside in the world. And I had uh, I had a Moroccan passport and a Moroccan nationality, and I couldn't I couldn't apply for um, for asylum seeking or what do you call it? Uh, um, ah, uh, right. Uh, yes. Because you have to be from the country where so the war is, is. To, to, to be able to 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 uh, yeah, go to Europe or, you know. So I had to do this country hopping. So I traveled in several countries and I had, I could only live there for this amount of um, months where some countries you, you get to stay 90 days, some of them you get to stay 30 days. And what allows, what the passport allows, my Moroccan yes. passport allows me to, to go to these countries. And it was, I was, uh, I, I lived in Tunisia, I lived in Nigeria, Ghana, Ever coast. I lived in Turkey. Turkey, I, it was the most common place I went to a couple of times. But then you, ha you had to, you had to exit and go back again. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Brazil, Malaysia, uh, Indonesia, yeah, in Jakarta and Bali, and and. It sounds like crazy now when I when it I does, just mentioned the list. Yes, yeah. yes, it does. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm uh, I'm I'm but, like but, but okay. I have, but okay. I have to go back to during the games. My role model was uh, Lara Tombrider. Lara Croft. Yes, Love. that was my that was like where I saw myself, and um, because she was like this first ro role model as a female who was adventurous risk taker she wasn't afraid although she was a female and she because we always judge like strength with muscles and being yes. big and and she she was just a regular female who who was very adventurous and she was in these jungles and these places traveling so on and i saw her like i don't see these kind of females in my environment there's no one like this but it kind of like i wanted to embody that in my mind like since i was playing her so i was living in that environment in the game yeah you know so all of a sudden, when I, when I'm kicked out of the country, and I have to survive outside, I kind of channeled this Lara character, and I was like, okay, now let's. There's two ways of looking at this. Either I'm gonna crumble down and 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 feel depressed, and see myself as a victim, you know, and um, just give up. You know, there's a lot of scenarios, negative scenarios that could have happened. Yeah. But the only survival mechanism that I could take from the gaming that I saw life as a game to survive. So, you know, this when you when you buy a game, you get into the game, you already know there's going to be challenges, hard levels. The levels get harder as you go, and there's a lot of like treasures to gain. There's a lot of like rewards, and then you know there's a goal at the end. Yeah. So that yeah. keeps you going. 
And even when you fail, when you jump, now you learn the hack. For example, let's say in Mario, you know, mm -hmm. Mario. <laughs> you're jumping, you fell the first time, you fell the second, the third time, you know now how to jump, so avoid it. Especially with Mario. Exactly, <laughs> especially with <laughs> the, Mario. Even the 20th, the 30th <laughs> time that you repeat it. I don't know you, but for me it was like, uh, it was a nightmare. But yes, best game ever, but it was hard. Yes. And then, you know, you get your mushrooms, and then you jump, and then you get these little turtles and all that, you know, they come and go. Then you get the big bosses. So I kind of like saw life that way to survive. And I also learned from several games, including Sims, uh, how to actually structure your economy, your strategy. Um, uh, because like I said, in, in my culture, usually men, like fathers and husbands, were the ones were doing the economy earning the money and females didn't have to worry about these things, at least from what I saw from my mm -hmm. background, my, my parents and my uh, women didn't get to learn so much economical skills, uh, but through the games, you know, you also get your resources, you gather resources, um, should I buy this weapon or not, you know, maybe I should need it for the next level, <laughs> mm. so you know, you learn mm. these kind of small hacks and then in Sims the same thing, you get a job, you get the money and then you start like, should I buy that, should I do this? So I learned this kind of like economical stuff, the bigger picture, how to plan, you know. Because otherwise, as a woman, you were not allowed to even think about the money, put it here, just like you were, okay. It was taken okay. care of, uh, you know, everything was taken care of and the only thing that you had to do just to cook and clean. So yeah, basically that would, that was what I, what was expected from me in, in, uh, in in terms of social norms, let's say, so social norms as a female in particular cultures. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so surviving alone, I think I was 24, 25 um, at that time. Uh, and then, um, yeah, approximately. Because mm. that's also the memory, when you're facing challenges, your memory gets, um, ah. so. <laughs> I perfect, no, I perfectly understand that. I also have like this big gap. I know things I've done, I don't know in which year. Me sometimes too. actually clashes. I say, oh yeah, I was in Brazil from 2003, 2005, you know, life was not easy. Or in Turkey also, I also live in Turkey. Here. Same as like, okay, which year was it? How old I was? I don't really know. Because you kind of, when you're moving, not just because like someone offered you a job and then you move to another country, but when you just move because you have to. It's totally it's, different. It's a different thing. Things happen in a, you know, yeah. I, I finger snap. Yeah, I've actually had like, I've, I was living in the unknown. Like I didn't know each month, I didn't know how the next month is going to be. And that's also how, how strategic you have to be with, with your moves, what you're gonna do. You work, I worked several type of jobs using English. You know, I, I worked with translation, I worked in uh, a guide, um, I worked in, um, yeah, all the kind of like easy jobs, but all of them were like jobs that don't give you permits. You just work there for, you know, for the sake of working. Anyway, so during that time, I had to like save money for the next move and, and so on, flights and so on. And some, sometimes I got help by friends and so on, but but still, most of it I had to I had to do it on my own uh, because you know when you're in, when the country is facing war, everybody is in trouble. Nobody's gonna help you, you know. So I think uh, yeah, and this country country jumping at jumping as I said uh, or hopping. Uh, played a big role in, in my life in, in ways of like uh, it, it showed me that uh, you could you could make it on your own rega regardless of what's happening you know and it, it became kind of like addictive that challenges be became fun 
So I couldn't have like a regular day or a regular week. There was always like, what's next? I, I need, let's, let's try this, let's do this. Let's, maybe this job is going to be better. So if you get into the risk-taking mood, it becomes addictive as a gamer to, to like challenge yourself more, try this, try that, uh, I can do better. So, uh, yeah. Wow, so okay. So, but, and this, so just once again, so we, here we are in a moment where you're moving from place, from place to place, from country to country, just to sort of to stay outside Libya, but you cannot get, as we said, you cannot you, you get a permit. Know. Yeah. And you're moving, and, and how long can you stay in each country? Uh, 90 the days? The maximum is 90 days. Yeah, 90 some countries days. is only 30. I think Bali was, was uh, 30 days. I think Malaysia also was only 30 days. But the rest of the countries was were 90. Yeah, like, and some countries, they allow you to, to exit and go, come back, yeah. some not. Yeah. So you exit and sometimes they say, no, you have to stay three months outside. Three months outside Turkey, yeah. I think, changed the laws after that. Yeah. So it was uh, it was really challenging. Uh, but then now let's go into this. This is the part where the gaming industry, where I saw myself yes. in the gaming industry, because I have to remember the timeline now. <laughs> Getting lost to Lara, Lara's adventure. It was easy to. <laughs> I, I did Lara for a long time. Yeah, until, yeah you sounded like one. Yeah. <laughs> until. Until uh, I got this call, I was working actually as a sales representative selling chandeliers to, to Dubai from Turkey, Dubai and okay. Middle East countries. Such yeah. <laughs> so selling, <laughs> selling, selling chandeliers, chandeliers from Turkey to Bali. To, to, to Dubai, sorry. To Dubai. No, no, no. Yeah. I think you said you could write it. I am nice all day. To Dubai. Yeah. No, just just for just just to to, to the, the 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 type of story that we are telling you here. So like Sally Chandler from from Turkey to Dubai. Please go on. Sorry yeah, for. And I, and I have to remember the the story too, like because it's like it's a, it's a long timeline as I mentioned. So there I was working and then I get this phone call from Peak Games. And Peak Games. Yes, Peak Games. HR okay. of Peak Games calling me. We heard about a girl that uh, that I think I mentioned to someone that I was a gamer and gaming helped me or something. Uh, to the social network and someone called me we need someone who can speak Arabic and English and work with us at Peak Games and we'll give you I think they offered me a very good salary like it was much better than my salary and uh, back then and they were like we need you now we're translating games to uh, Arabic and selling them to the Middle East I think Dubai also because you know they always like the bigger market is the Gulf countries and then they said, we give you, we will train you. We, we, you haven't worked with the, with, because it's localization, you know? Mm -hmm. So they give me this book of localization and it was like a fast training. And then my job was, I, I became a product manager, Mina, for a game. I don't know what was the name of the game, but it was in Arabic and it was called Seyf al-Marifa. <laughs> it means uh, the um, sword of knowledge. Sort of knowledge. Yes, and then you have to, when you localize to a, to a country or a, a culture uh, that has specific rules or specific, um, uh, you know, mentality, yeah. you have to create the data that is fitting to this audience. So our job was to, it was me and two, two other people, is to translate not just the game, but also change the data to something su suitable to the, to, to the audience, Arabic audience. And that was my first okay. entry to the game industry. And I started like Googling and searching and making, creating the data. And then we did the, the data input and uh, testing as well, because Arabic is very uh, um, 
tricky. You know, it's like from the other side. Yeah. And then as soon as I, you have a coma or whatever, the whole sentence changed. So it was very challenging to, oh, to, wow. to, to, to translate. Yes. So you were translating, not uh, trans testing the... Translating some stuff, you know, because the UI and, and these things are the same, you know. Yeah. In three, yeah. you know, yeah. these things are the same. But then the data in the game has to be recreated because it has to fit to the target audience. So we created the... Uh, I think the game that I had was just me working on it. The other ones, they had these farmer games and restaurant games or something like that. But each one of us had a game to to recreate and to put the data in. So okay, and this how, how from long what I remember you... because I, I think this was what I remember. How long how long did it last? It was this, just this a, the project, unfortunately. And, okay. and and in Turkey there was also these challenges of, of getting permit permits uh, work permit because they would rather have local people. In the of course. Yeah, yeah. So it was challenging there. Anyway, so that was the, the entry, and then after that I moved to Sweden. And I worked uh, with a small studio uh, called Frozen Games in the north. Uh, and I got—I was given the... Um, no, wait, I have to remember the, correctly the timeline. <laughs> it's I, hard, I, it's I, hard. I, I can imagine. School. I went to art school in, in Sweden when I moved to Sweden. So you moved to Sweden? And this, so From Turkey to Sweden, after so all the Lara... you were like 27, 8, something yeah, like 27. that? 27. 27, okay. Yes. okay. I'm, I'm managing to follow the, the plot here. <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. That's already something. Great. Yeah, so, so uh, I went to art school and I learned a lot of like art skill. I already had art um, background because okay. I was a painter and drawer when I was a kid. I was good at that. That's what people said. So I was like, okay, what can I do now? Because when you are in a new country, you look at your skills. What can I do here? What can I do with what, what I have? Okay, I have English and I have good visual skills from the gaming as well. Uh, there's something called the visual intelligence and cultural intelligence. These things I, I earned or I gained from the gaming industry. Okay. You know, the way you navigate stuff, you interact visually and immediately spot the, the wrong stuff. Like yeah. in, in, in a painting or whatever, you could immediately see what's wrong. So I, I had these skills in me and within the art school, I could even enhance them even more. So uh, while I was in the art school, I met someone who told me, okay, there's a studio, game studio. I think I, I met this person through the uh, Swedish language courses. They're called SFE, where you come, when you come as an immigrant you, uh, or newcomer or expat or whatever, you, you learn the language in these classes. And there was a... Uh, I, I don't remember if he was a colleague or, or, or someone I knew back then who said, uh, okay, there's this studio that is looking for people. If you already have a gaming background and you have artistic skills, we need someone like you, so maybe let's, let's try this. And I, made, I think I made a very quick portfolio to show what I can do and I was immediately hired. Uh, and I got, uh, because the studio was small and we were I think three or four people, uh, I was given the title of being a production production assistant. And production in, assistant, yeah. Fr from being a product manager in, in Peak Games, I was a production assistant in Frozen Games. And there was also a huge jump for me because there I got to learn a lot of new stuff through this company. We were giving space to learn new things. I was sitting with tutorials and I learned to do UI and uh, UI in uh, Unreal. 
and I did even animation for UI animation. I was like learning and doing, learning, and that, basically I have that in my character that I, I learn quickly and I, I would read, rather learn by yeah. doing than sitting and reading through a manual or sitting yeah. in a class. So, so that was good. I, I, I could do a lot of stuff within the, the projects we had. Like I could follow the steps of the project. And I did some 2D art, I worked with UI, I did some UI design. And uh, my manager was very happy about my testing. He, he told me that uh, if I would give you something that you were so good at, testing is something I didn't expect you to be very good at. I was like producing bugs like this. Like every day yeah, I would come yeah. with a list. Okay, the, you guys have to do this and that. And, and it was fun for me. It was, I would not say that it was fun for, for the developers, but it was fun for me to, to find all these mistakes that they had to work on every day because of this like visual yeah. skills. Yeah, so, so it was, uh, yeah, so I was, I worked there in Frozen Games for about two years until I, uh, I had my maternity leave and then I had a long period of maternity leave with my two kids. And then when the pandemic happened, that was my return to gaming again because uh, I, I, people reached out to me and they said, okay, uh, the game industry had made a huge success right now and in the, now in the north we're looking for people who are, who have, who have been working with games and have um, skills or even interest. So uh, I, I remember my, my second daughter was very young and I said, yeah, yes, I, I'm in, I can work from home, I can I can join, just give me the pro projects that I can be part of. I I oh, yeah? really missed it because it was like quite quite a long period. It was long? Yes, yes. Years? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it was two, two daughters, so yeah. So yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so, um, so I came into, uh, it's called the Game On, the project. They called and they said, okay, well, now we're gathering people from the whole Nordic countries and especially the North, the project called Mid-Sweden Mid Games. And then we had access to a network where we could collaborate and work with people from different countries. So I did, uh, we did jams, we did, um, like collaborated together with other people even from Oslo, from Stockholm and people oh, I've great. never met because of the a pandemic. Uh, so I've never met, met those, those people but we worked together from abroad through Discord and um, yeah. And then after that uh, I became a Women in Games ambassador. I opened my own studio as a free, freelance studio uh, and I was, I was part in a lot of pr projects uh, doing like consulting and stuff like that. And then the big jump there, again, the second big jump was when they reached out to me and they said we need uh, someone to, to tell us more about the game industry, especially as a woman with your history. And I didn't expect it to be this, to, to ha I would not say popular, but I would say to, to have that much uh, audience or people who were interested to know, because I, I expected to stand there and maybe five or four people would sitting listening to me. But it was a huge audience, people wanted oh, yeah. to hear. What is this industry? How do you get in? Uh, what what are the chances out there? What are the educations? What are the titles you could do? Because some people they think only programmers or only um, how can I say designers that can be yeah. w working with the games. There's a lot of titles and and, and, and skills that are needed. <laughs> a lot, a lot of them. Audio yes. is one of them. Uh, testing, we just mentioned that. 
Translation, absolutely. Yeah, there is plenty of things. Even player support, uh, which is a thing that's definitely more recent. Uh, customer support for video games, player support is actually a very, very good place to start. Um, and, and it's definitely, you know, for, in the future will be even more. Like, I think it's, it's already like a huge thing, yeah. but it will, be, it will be even more. Do you mind if we take like a minute to, to, to drink a glass of water? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. a glass of water. <laughs> so we're gonna, we're gonna do it like two minutes and we're gonna be back. And we are, oh, we are back. Yes, we are back. Um, and here again with, well, again, still, with him, sorry. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'm flaky. I, I, I do me too. Mistakes. Me too. And we're trying to make this as, as spontaneous as, as possible. spontaneous as possible. That's yeah. Yes, exactly. For me, it's very important to have it spontaneous. You know, I like to prepare for the interview, but I also try to give us a, a, a very a certain degree of spontaneous. Spontan spontaneous. You see, you see, you see, you see, spontaneity or spontaneity. Okay, yeah, anyway, be spontaneous. They know what we mean. Spontaneous. Um, <laughs> okay, oh, fader. Maybe, maybe we'll cut it later. I don't know. No, let's leave it. People, I like when people laugh at me. <laughs> and so, um, it's part of being spontaneous. To, to it's make part mistakes. of being spontaneous. At least it is. Like, like, so I like to be prepared, but it's still good there if there is like some some room for not knowing and inquiring genuinely. Um, so, um, so your story. You are you now moved to Sweden. You 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 studied something. You are hired to do some 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 jobs here in Sweden. So it feels like this part of the story is that happy final part right where you are at least in happy as in i mean com yeah. I, without inquiring yeah, yeah, how exactly. it was but i'm sure it was better than than libya exactly. or turkey or moving from country to country it, because i know that i know that yeah. that is it was a, it was like of course there was this challenge and living in the unknown but it was also there was some kind of like positive stuff you get to see the world and then you get this boost that you see yourself living in different environments it gives you a kind of boost you say like i, I told myself if i make it here i can make it anywhere <laughs> <laughs> okay. so it was like i made it in all these places and i was like i can make it anywhere now i know myself i can you, you get this kind of like knowing yourself more or you get more confident with yourself and your skills and you know so it 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 it's it, there was a there, of course the bad side and then there's the good side to it. So I will not I would not regret that. If I would go back to my story, yeah. I will never remove anything from it. I will keep all the stuff, the bullying, the the bad stuff, the oh, I will wow. keep it all because it, without without any without these parts, I would have been I wouldn't have been me today. You know? So that that's one. And then I discovered through this journey that now I'm using my head. I discovered through the journey that there is a message in this, especially after speaking in public and people liking the story and telling me, please stop, don't stop talking about this. Please tell more people. Yeah. More people yeah. need to hear this, yeah. especially um, young generation who are also immigrants or their parents has been immigrants and uh, they need to hear that they can also change their lives and if they have dreams, they could always like. Um, regenerate themselves, find their passion, regardless of games, you know, because games was one, one of the things that was actually giving me the boost and giving me, giving me this mentality, yeah. but it, it was very inspiring for people who also had nothing to do with games. And I also saw myself being this figure, I didn't have a role model from my background, 
someone like me in the gaming industry. So they told me, maybe, maybe, maybe now you are that person. So if you could stand and tell your story and tell how game, the game industry helped you learn about the world, helped take you out from this cultural limitation and, and, and how you saw yourself, uh, how you were before and how your parents were or how the environment you lived in, uh, tell the story. Tell people that they can, they, 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 they can do more than what they think. And then especially for women, and especially for women in this industry, because as I mentioned, that people don't understand or women don't see themselves in this kind of careers or, 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 or field. So they, I felt like, okay, I'm gonna go out now and talk about how the game industry helped me become stronger, helped me gain my confidence, helped me survive, and how I saw myself now working, also creating these projects that are helping probably others because my main goal when uh, during the pandemics, my main goal that I worked with projects that had to do with mental health, psychology, and I call them games for good. All these games that I that I was part of, they all had some kind of like human goodwill concept in them exactly. and and I felt like okay there's a lot of people out there having problems mental health problems there's people being bullied and why can't we do stuff that can target just this group because a lot of people who a lot of gamers are actually introverts and a lot of people who work in games are introverts and we need people who can speak and people who can like get people together to actually tackle these kind of industry issues that we have and that's when I saw myself as a, more as a speaker, more as a community person, uh, using my social skills and my story to attract more women to the game industry, to make people change their idea about games, that it's not a stigma, it's not something that your kid is going to be addicted to and, and uh, stop focusing on school and stuff like that. People need to hear the positive side about the game industry too. So I took this role just naturally, it just happened. And, uh, and it, it led to me working in Nordic Games now. Yeah, that, it's, yeah but the, uh, that, that's also the reason why somehow I, I, I do this podcast, right? I, I, I think that people want to hear stories. So the idea is, oh, by the way, stop like here, the, the band, the sun, sun generator, something was like going for, for a while. And I, okay. and I thought, oof. Let's see if it goes away at some point. I was like, uh, no, but that, this is the reason why I, I do this. There is people, people want to hear stories. People want to be inspired. We are in this world where everything happens so fast and we need to be constantly trying to reach out, to know more, to, to increase our knowledge, to stay uh, to stay tuned, to know everything about the industry. And, you know, it's it's... It's not healthy, and, and people just want to also do one step back every now and then and hear like a good story to be inspired. That thing can be can be good, can be better, and also to 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 put uh, the problems that we have in the right uh, give the right size to the problems that we have. Sometimes, yeah. you know, I think that a story like yours also gives gives a better perspective. You know, that maybe maybe my problems are not as huge. Maybe you know everything yeah. can. One of the things I discovered from telling the story that I got so much feedback from people that related to me even though they were like from Mexico or they were yeah. from Spain or they were they were like I, I so relate to this part I also had this and I was okay so actually game the game industry actually has its own community this this we're, we're like all of us have probably played the same games we lived inside these same games we had this kind of like similar 
experiences, visual experiences. At the same time, we had similar experiences in our surroundings that we were like nerdy, we were different, we were. And finding these fields, these people, especially when I go on conferences, I always feel I, I be like, this is my family. This is this is the family yeah. that I, that I have never been this close to, because these people have the same challenges, and we get related to each other. That's why I felt like the importance of community in the game industry. Yes. Community is very, very important. And that's the role where I see myself, like in a in, in yeah. few years from now, I see it naturally, like something I'm, I do it from the heart, more than that I would do it for a career or for to upgrade or something. Something that just, I feel it's very needed. And a lot of people out there are isolated. People from, let's say now, we, we don't want to say just women. There's women, there's the LGBT community, there's a, a lot of people who feel like... Minorities, many minorities. Exactly, yeah. minorities, that's what I mean. And, 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 and having this sense of community, being heard, relating to each other, it's so important. And I think that's what the game industry stands for from the beginning. Hmm. It's, yeah, it, it's, you're right in that... Uh, also, also like video game industry, you don't, you don't, you choose to be in the video game industry. You don't end up in the video game industry. Uh, so there, there are many, many industries where you know I, I can't imagine. Like, let me just say now, maybe I'm saying something completely <laughs> wrong, uh, but I don't know pharmaceutical industry. I don't think there is a, a, a seven years old kid that is thinking. I want to be in, in, a, in a pharmacy and working in a pharmacy or like it, you, you become that at some point because at some point you think okay that's a good thing I, I'm good with chemistry you're already older I'm good with chemistry university I will do I will take pharmaceutical uh, uh, university so but video game it's something that you know it, it it's 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 very it's hard like to find some yeah, yeah it's not the passion it's hard to find someone that didn't play video games and then is in the video game industry. No, no, it, I, I right? relate to you. And they have, they have. If, if not, they have to have something that got them into something artistic. It could be uh, music making, it could be art, it could be, it's the art. I think there's, the only thing that relates most of people in the game industry is artistic talents. Um, uh, from what, from my, my perspective mm. or people that I met, uh, they would say that, okay, I was making music and suddenly I ended up uh, making music in games. Or someone that was just an artist and then just an artist. And then they were needed in certain projects and then they found themselves. But but there is the passion behind it. And if someone just ended up in the gaming industry, they wouldn't thrive in it. They would not be successful and make yeah. good projects if they didn't have the passion behind it. Yes. You know? So if I have my company now and I need to hire people, I would I'd rather hire a half-skilled person with a huge passion than a skilled person who not, doesn't have the passion for, for the game because the creativity le lies in the passion for, for whatever it is. That's whether true. it's game or that is it's true. the passion that drives you to, to make good projects. Do you mind if we, if we make like a little bit of a jump and yeah. we talk about women in games? Because like your story, of course, it's, uh, it's, it's great. 
it's really it's really formidable like it is incredible what 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 you did and, and to, to some extent they can relate to I like a to make it fast now. I, I, I know I know you were you were you were very good you were very good so because uh, uh, and, and I appreciate it so I, I, I asked before let's talk about your story that's gonna be like the the, the 70% uh, of, of the of the show but then we also try to talk about a little bit about women in games we both are uh, very much in line with the, the type of uh, uh, principles that that we have and what we support um, yeah, for me it's, it's obviously it's, a, it, it's something that we should support more and more the, the whole uh, women in game initiative um, together also we support the LGBTQ community um, but she is so she like me she, she, she feels that these are very important things and she is very strong in, the, in women in games she's doing something and um, and of course her story starting with her story uh, or sorry, like I'm talking yeah. to them, but sorry, with your story, yeah, yeah, started with you. your story, there's always, you can be an inspiration. And I think I, I, I've heard not that many people that could be such a great example for young girls, because that's exactly, my, I, I was talking already in one of my previous episodes with, with Nicolina about are we doing enough? Are we reaching out? to the young girls somehow are we doing that or we keep talking about that among us yeah or we're doing something and i see Solution. i see that you are doing something and i, and I like you well, want to tell us that yeah, about that? yeah yeah well it was like this i just mentioned also that I, I i found myself i stumbled into this role of mine that it was like okay this is this is your thing this is what yeah. you're needed for you're needed for this part and I spoke in schools because I, I believe in that if we want to attract, attract more women to games or even technology in, in general, we have to start with an early age. So I spoke in schools and I spoke about my story and I spoke about how games are not just fun. How do, you fun. how do you find the schools? Do they find you uh, or you uh, well, find well, them? It, well, I was lucky that I, I spoke in one event in, uh, in Hanusan and then from there there was people in the audience that were like teachers and people who worked in education and and from there there were people asking me what do you think about this and as soon as it, and as they mentioned it I was like yes sure because this is what this is why I'm here I'm here to tell the story because the story should be heard yeah. and the audience that it can affect more much more than anyone because people are sitting there listening to me they already have their jobs they already have their careers decided but who needs to hear this are the new generation who are haven't even thought about the gaming industry as, as a path as a work as a career path for example just like me when I was when I was young I didn't I never thought that gaming is a job working in game industry is a job and that's where it started and from one school to another to another event and I, I'm also involved in uh, women in tech in, in, in the city where I live so we have like sometimes like these women gatherings and we talk about issues of women in technology issues because it's also a dom- it's still a dominant um, male dominant uh, work like it's usually men and there's a lot of like yeah. issues yeah. To, to be tackled there so we have these gatherings and and I'm always involved in these gatherings because I represent the gaming industry we're also creative tech we're also technology yeah. <laughs> you know you can't have like an IT conference and then you only have like specific we're also part of it although we are like more entertainment wise or 
more entertaining, but there are a lot of games that are made for, let's say, psychology. There are there are games that are. I, I remember this VI VR game that was made for. I saw it in one of the research. Uh, was for people with with uh, burn injuries. That when they are like uh, when they are. Um, uh, putting the medicine on them, on their injuries. Uh, they put this VR where they could see themselves in cold uh, environments. So they will, they will be like seeing themselves in snow. You know, have you seen Frozen, yeah. the movie? Yeah. Kind of yeah. like that. While they're being, um, um, yeah, they're changing their... Uh, yeah, the bandages, the bandages and, and etc. So like, yeah. 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 So, so uh, this is one of the things that games are good for. There are games that also for people who are, uh, I think, dyslexia, people with dys dyslexia and mm -hmm. yeah. So memory games are good for people. And I've read a lot of researches that says that uh, the more you, because gaming is actually like a brain gym. You know, the more you use it, the more you like play games, the more you play puzzles and you know, these games even with words and stuff like that, the more you make, you keep your, your brain interactive and, and active, you know? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Like I, I always make this this point that I prefer my children to play video game rather than to stay in front of a cartoon because like it's high, it's very passive. You're just watching and that's it. Brain activity. So at this, I prefer them to play a video game. Obviously, with everything. Before you even mention, right? That people say, you know, that the video games are bad. People have this feeling, you know. Still, even though it's 2024, we have there is this. It happens. People say it. Uh, it's a big stigma. But obviously, it, for me, the the only problem is when a parent just forget about yeah. about that that is happening, and you let your play. Your, your 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 children play for six seven hours every day that is as damaging as any other activity that is like in front of a screen yeah of course uh, this is one of the questions i get to ask in school okay yeah oh, teachers well. and and they ask me this kind of question i always get questions and and this is one of the main ones how can we prevent our kids from being addicted to games and how you know and I always say that they have to have other hobbies aside so that they don't get only their dopamine or their you know this uh, only from from the games because then that's how you get addicted so they have to have some other activity I on the other hand didn't have that privilege to be uh, <laughs> to, to go play yeah. football or you know use my physical um, uh, yeah, movements or uh, yeah activities, but then but then I had to I, I I had to live it through the gaming. But your kids don't have to do that, you know. They they can have either um, skiing activities or uh, you know football or you know skiing is popular okay. where I yeah. am. So yeah, so they have to always have other stuff aside and yeah. then always limit their time of gaming and also use game because games there's different type of games. Use the games that can help them learn new things and, and navigate and see themselves in, in different yeah. stuff. Because I, 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 I encourage Sims a lot. I don't know why I'm a big fan of Sims. But there are other games that are also good for, for kids. Uh, I think they call it, they don't call it just gamification. They call it also playification games. And I think it's going to be a big thing in the future in terms of education. That's, we would rather play and learn through interacting than just 
reading a plan yes, playing uh, yeah it works for everyone i think like and that's where so that the part of your uh, of your work and uh, trying to to be an evangelist for uh, for this cause is already as you said you go to schools um, what kind of so to, i have two questions the first one is government did you actually get involvement with governments do they ask you to be involved somehow do they ask for future plans and how to teach you know like how to make games is what, what is that where, Go- where is that government not yet we're trying we're trying to we're trying to get there and uh, schools was one of the big things when you see like teachers themselves thinking that this 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 is something good we have to bring to the kids and um, and as i mentioned it was also a big important topic for kids that had other backgrounds you know people who related to me as a person coming from outside of sweden living in sweden so it was it was good to use this topic in, in, in certain audience young audience but government wise i don't think so much but we can use always women in games as an organization to make noise and drag more people to see like how 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 important this is how how we can use games as a tool to solve problems to um, to tackle like uh, let's say uh, gender issues and uh, um, environmental issues. I, now that I mentioned this, I was part of a, of a project that was um, made for. Uh, um, it's, it was called the Lemon Ap- Ap- Apocalypse, and it was made. made <laughs> it, it actually won a game jam. This this oh, game yeah. uh, okay. because it was it was made to make the young youth uh, cautious about the environment. The more you produce, uh, the more you buy, the more you consume, the more you destroy your environment. And this, in this game, during the playing, the more you misuse your resources, you see the environment changing around you until it turns like, uh, you know, apocalypse. <laughs> oh wow! So, so okay. this is like one of the stuff, and and I can make a list of these kind of games. Right now, I can't remember them all because I'm so happy meeting you today. So <laughs> <laughs> my brain is just yeah, like yeah, yeah, as if but, yeah. But, but I have, I, I can put, we can put links to all these things that we just mentioned, the studies that I just mentioned. Uh, there's also like studies showing how good games are for the brain, for even for old people to av- to avoid Alzheimer. There's a lot of good positive things that we have to be better at bringing up. And and women in games, I don't want women in games to feel that they 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 have to they have this um, uh, that only if you are in the screen or only if you have a mic you have the the, the the spotlight to speak about women in games. You can start with your neighborhood. You can start with the people around you. Maybe my daughter speaks in school and said my mom works with game, which is which is uh, mm. when she starts saying that, then people oh that there's that's a that's job. Cool, yeah. And then yeah, from just from our social cycle, uh, social cycle, uh, and then it, it expands. One tells the other and so on. And you don't have to like sit and write about it every day. You just the more you tell people, the more you tell about the projects you're doing, especially the projects you're doing, and maybe share more about it because I think women. Probably, this is one of the things I think is challenging: is that the press is is um, is kind of like greedy when it comes to women uh, doing big projects. Uh, you, if I don't want to be like very very like men against women, but I feel like when, when women are involved in some projects, we don't hear so much about their accomplishments. So we want them to mm. be more proud and, and be like, oh, I was big, I was part of this big project, and even if if you were part of 
HR or you, maybe you were in the office doing the economical stuff, but you were part of the company doing the game. So you don't have to make a game to say I'm working with games. You can, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay, okay, Sorry, okay. I got it's, kind yeah. of lost in, the, in bringing the point. But no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyone working with games should be proud and should tell about what they're doing and that's how you get more people to get to, uh, to talk about it and to see it as a, as a, as a job. As a <laughs> yeah. It's not just fun. This is what I'm telling everybody. It's, this is not just an entertainment. It's not a casino game. It's not... Because when I say... I remember when I first said to people that I, that I work with games, they all assumed that it was casino. And then I was like, no, it's not, you know, the Mario and, the, you know, mm -hmm. Mario is the first one you bring up yes, when, you, when you try to... <laughs> Mario, Angry Birds, these yeah. are the things that people understand. Candy Crush. Candy Crush, yes, yeah. yes, these are, these are the thing. I, okay, we, I think we're getting like close to, close to the end, but I still wanted to, so, for, so before I even ask this question, so thank you for doing what you're doing, first of all, uh, in, uh, here in, in, in Sweden and in, in all Europe. Uh, I, I, I really wish that it's gonna be that more women are inspired by you about doing what you do. Like, you know, that I really hope that Swimming in Game, we're gonna hear more and more, uh, not just only among you uh, uh, girls, but like in the video game industry, I would like to see more. Uh, I don't know exactly where, what, what exactly could be done, but yeah, but, yeah, yeah, no, sorry to interrupt, but uh, now that you say it, I have to also tell that uh, we have a huge event now in uh, the, in the Women International Day, 8th of March, here in Stockholm. I, I've shared that on my LinkedIn if anyone is following okay. me. Yes, yes, uh, we want it. <laughs> yeah, so we are, we are trying, we're doing things, and even in my current job right now in, at Nordic Games, uh, the Nordic Games Conference this year is going to have a huge Women in Games event side event so we are looking for sponsors we're looking for um, partnerships and we need more people to get involved and I was thinking also when we have this side events of women in games people who want to hire women they should come you want you want you want to have more women in the in the, in the game industry okay. come and meet these women these women who are inter interested in the game industry it should be also not just like oh we're gathering here to drink coffee and, and chat we're here to also share our skills and uh, maybe you have uh, in your company you need some particular skill that I know someone who who could fit there so which and then it, it doesn't have to be only women in games you know you could go there to hire someone you could get, go there to look for specific skills or okay. as I mentioned professions so even men are welcome to come to these events and yeah just meet meet the, the, the professional people behind the the person because in, we always have this uh, LinkedIn, you see the you see the picture, you see the name, but you don't you don't know what they're doing exactly. What's their skills? Here are their challenges. Get to know them more. So yeah, women in games should be more than just uh, an event or or a title. We should do more. Hmm. Okay, it's, it's as, as usual. <laughs> it's, it's it's inspiring. Um, yes, I will consider this actually as a good idea. It's a good suggestion. You're Let's come come to us and talk to us about. What, what you know, what we can do for each other, how we can collaborate, how can we hire, or you know, what what what's what's there to be done together. That's a that's a very good point. Thank you for that. Um, so you, so just to wrap it, wrap up your story, we, we heard an incredible story today, um, of 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 redemption, of of passion, uh, of challenges. 
uh, of, of staying afloat with the idea of video games and you know for I, I, I heard this a uh, couple of times you know video games saved my life my life but this is really the case this is really the case because sometimes I wonder how my mental state would have been if I didn't have this mentality of of, of the adventure of Lara <laughs> again yeah. going back to her uh, if I didn't have the mentality, I don't know, there could be a lot of bad scenarios. But uh, the resilience that I gained from the resilience, game... Resilience, yes, yes. I gained it from the game industry that I could keep, see life as a game. And, uh, you know, it would be funny. Have you seen the, the movie Slumdog, Slum, Slumdog Millionaire? Yeah. Yeah? You know how, how his life, like everything that he'd gone through, was like he could answer those questions at the end because of what he gone through. For me, it's like the games that I played prepared me for the end of mm. the, you know, for the survival outside of my comfort zone. So, so that was like a short. If I if I would put it short, yeah. it would be that. <laughs> that would be. That, like, yeah. Yes. Um, you know. You know. Going through hardness is it's it's a thing. It really um, makes you stronger, right? It, it really forges you. Um, so and that's something we have in common because from oh, your story yeah. you also that's why we clicked immediately yeah yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> my, my story one day one day uh, it would be like a, it would be like an auto episode <laughs> of like I just need to find an interviewer that's, that's it I'm here if you want to <laughs> I just have to listen to all your podcasts to learn from you and then I will do the last <laughs> maybe you should do it in Malmö if you come and visit us in, we have this huge conference that you, you know Nordic Games yeah. Nordic Games is my favorite uh, um, event of the year, the one in Malmo, and I've been there uh, every year apart from during the pandemic. But this year probably will have to will have to skip it because it's oh no. Yeah, this is gonna be probably the first year that I that I skip. You know, uh, it's Nordic the 20 game. years anniversary this year. It's going to be bigger than all the other events because we're changing. Oh, really? Yeah, we're changing the whole concept. Where we're like it's like a rebirth of the brand. So and the program and everything. So you really should. Oh, try even more. You should yeah, really to try. Drink. <laughs> I gotta do more. You really should. Oh. Now that I now that I became part of the conference, <laughs> conference, you Let, don't want to come. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. So yeah. Okay. And 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 I hope I will meet you there, or we're gonna meet again for sure. Um, so I think this is the oh I was like hitting with my ring sorry. It's the excitement. It's, it's the excitement. So <laughs> I really I really hope that, uh, that that you guys enjoy this conversation the conversation uh, as much as I did. Um, I uh, I think that at least today we have learned a lot, or personally I have learned a lot, and. No, indeed, I hope indeed. So, I feel. No, indeed. You're you're an amazing person with an amazing story, and also uh, one thing that kind of impressed me is when you say that you were seven, eight, they put these video games in front of you, and you were thinking uh, about you know like how to you know save the money for one thing for another. It's it's. Uh, I know that you're saying it now, but still, it illustrates how you were already wise at that age. While I don't know, I was a complete idiot until I was 18, probably, or even 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 later than that. So, and that, whenever I hear people that they were already thinking another way, because you were fighting with your family, you were fighting with what you had around. You were saying, "Why do I have to be this? Why am I 
uh, wh why do I need to keep within these boundaries which are very restrictive? Why do I need to cook and, and clean? Yeah. Why can I not do what the what the other what the what the, what the boys do? And that for me, it's it's a red. Maybe yeah. it's because we were in that situation. It, I don't know, it made but. me question all the gender roles really early, and that, you know because it was like I felt everything was planned already for me, and, mm. and I didn't fit in that in that box. So, and then at the end of the day, like, uh, when I became really a mother and I became a housewife or what do you call it, yeah, uh, then I could do both. So you, you can never, and I, I say that in my culture now, like I'm, I am actually trying to change a lot of stuff within in my background. And I say like, you see, look at me, I could do this and I could survive the war and I could survive all the stuff. And I, at the end, became eventually eventually the, the you know, the mother, the, yeah. the home person, so you, yeah. But at my own terms. Yeah, in my own terms, exactly. Yeah, exactly. In my own terms was the... the <laughs> when the, the I want, with who I want, and like at the exactly. age I want. And where I want to as Where well. I want, yeah. exactly. So thank you very much, Hin. Thank it was nice so having much. you. And, you. you know, talk to you soon. Thank you, everyone. Thank Hope you. you enjoyed it. See you next time. I want, and like at the exactly. age I want. And where I want to as where well. Where I want, yeah. exactly. So... Thank you very much, Hin. It was nice so having much. you. And, you. you know, talk to you soon. Thank you, everyone. Thank Hope you, you enjoyed it. See you next time. <laughs>